Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Senator Denise Batters is kicked out of the Conservative Caucus. This campaign was not lost because of Mr. O'Toole's mistakes or inexperience. It was lost because of what Canadian voters perceive as his character flaw, that he is not trustworthy. You can't come back from that. How will the government approach protectionist measures when the Prime Minister meets with the U.S. President this week? I'm looking forward to uh, getting to the U.S. Uh, later this week. And uh, they, while there, I will continue the advocacy that we have been doing. Uh, I will tell the Americans that uh, we are their best trading partner. Also, they are our largest trading partner. And the integration of the supply chains are just so incredibly important. And Moderna submits an application to Health Canada to approve its COVID-19 vaccine for children. As with all of the COVID-19 submissions, we're doing it on a priority basis, and we have a dedicated team that's looking at that data. And that data is not just the clinical data, but as well the formulation, and we look at that in the Canadian context. It's Wednesday, November 17th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. So, Erin O'Toole has removed Senator Denise Batters from the Conservative Caucus after she launched a petition to review his leadership, uh, and he issued a statement uh, condemning that move and, and basically saying there's only room in the Conservative Caucus for people who are committed to the the task of challenging the Liberals and, and holding the government to account, uh, not on these kind of internal issues. Um, so where do you think that leaves things, and, and especially O'Toole's leadership and his hold on the party? Well, I, I wouldn't overplay the influence of one senator uh, in terms of what's going on within the Conservative Party, but... Uh, I don't think Denise Batters is the only conservative who is uh, discontented uh, with Aaron O'Toole's leadership and feels that the party is drifting along somewhat rudderlessly, um, you know, given the results of the last election and, uh, and the disagreements within the party on things like, you know, climate policy, vaccination, uh, you know, parliamentary uh, strategy and things like that. Um, and I guess what O'Toole is saying is that, you know, we all have to be committed to just doing nothing but fighting the horrors of the Justin Trudeau government. Um, and we shouldn't spend our time on minor details. But, of course, that's what all leaders say uh, as they see flashing steel uh, going past their backs, you know, or, or into it. So, um, you know, this is a real tough spot, I think, for the Conservatives. Um, I do think Batter's uh, statements will bring out others within the party who feel the same way. And um, I don't think uh, the Conservatives are anywhere near the end of this uh, period of discontent and doubt about their leader. Yeah, so where does it go from here, do you think? Uh, is, does, uh, does this petition go anywhere? Is, is O'Toole going to have to face... I mean, he has to face a leadership review at some point anyway. Um, how, does, how can he consolidate support and, and put himself in a position where the focus is not on him anymore? That is the tough part. I mean, I, I think the, the sort of toward the first part of your question, uh, you know, the conservatives, I think, will uh, subject everything to a process. 
So, you know, the party has rules on everything under the sun, and all these rules will have to be, uh, have to be interpreted, uh, litigated, fought over, etc. But uh, if, if O'Toole gets his way, those should all be done with party functionaries operating behind closed doors. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of keeps a lid on the public side of it, which is the dangerous part, because you can't have Canadian voters walking around uh, with the idea in their heads that the Conservatives don't know whether they're coming or going and their leader is a, is a feckless non-leader. Uh, it has to at least have a public appearance of being, you know, heading somewhere uh, together. Um, you know, this petition, I don't think, carries any particular legal, you know, merit within the Conservative Party. Um, so the strategy will be to isolate these people, uh, let the dissidents um, say what they're going to say, but stick to the process. And the process is that there is no immediate leadership uh, challenge, at least one that could bring O'Toole down. Um, but, you know, they'll do it much closer to the next election when they can turn around and say, well, we can't do this now. There's practically an election next week and, you know, we got to be ready uh, all the time. And um, after all, Trudeau is the, the enemy and not O'Toole. So, you know, it's, it's still got a ways to go, but I, I do think the, the party itself will try to submerge it all in process and hope for the best. All right. Let's turn to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is on his way to Washington, and uh, he'll be meeting with with some congressional leaders there, uh, leading up to a meeting with U.S. President Joe Biden and the Mexican president as well. And there are reports that uh, that Trudeau is going to challenge Biden on some of the uh, protectionist measures that have been put in place in the United States. Um, what do you expect from this trip? Well, you know, not a lot, frankly. I mean, uh, the the Canada-U.S. agenda goes on basically seven days a week, 365 days of the year, not at the level of head of government or head of state, but at the level of bureaucracy, diplomacy, business, and, and everything right down to the family contacts that straddle the border. Um, you know, there are some very problematic uh, elements of the Democrat, uh, the Democrats' new, uh, you know, two trillion bill that they're going to revive parts of the U.S. economy with. Uh, and there are, you know, protectionist elements in that bill. Uh, all parties in the U.S. agree on protectionism. This is something that they don't admit publicly. They would like to say, yeah, we're free traders, we trade around the world, but that almost always means they are free traders for American goods and not necessarily free traders for anyone else's. So it's constant. I mean, this softwood lumber uh, dispute has been going on for 20 years, Mark, and just Canada wins every single case and it keeps coming back up again. So, you know, politicians in the U.S. have to listen to their own constituencies. Their own constituencies are not experts on international trade. They just want what they want. And um, so these senators and congresspeople have to reflect what their constituents want. And if they want protectionism, look, they just got rid of Donald Trump, who was, you know, America first and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's very hard to shake that out of people's heads and to go back to a more sort of uh, economically driven uh, type of trade arrangement and one that is less politically driven. Yeah. 
All right. We'll see what happens in Washington over the next couple of days. Um, let's let's talk about the the fight against the coronavirus and. Uh, Moderna now has uh, has submitted to Health Canada its vaccine for children. Um, uh, Pfizer has done so already, and we're expecting very soon the results of that process. Uh, Health Canada is saying we're going to move as quickly as we can, but there is a process to be followed here before we approve a vaccine to be injected into children. Um, but obviously, this is is this is kind of the last big piece of of inoculating Canadians uh, and and finally uh, starting to to move past this this long pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, vaccines have always been the way out. Um, as, you know, the experts are telling us now, well, I, I could quote Dr. Robert Strang, who's a very, very highly respected uh, chief medical officer of health here in Nova Scotia and the architect of Nova Scotia's fairly successful response to the pandemic he is calling this a you know a, a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated and the largest group of people in the in our society that are as yet unvaccinated are children and uh you know this is a huge issue uh parents are are concerned um a lot of parents are will gladly stick their own arm out for a shot of this or that to for their good and for everyone's good but it's a whole other level of decision making uh for their kids none of us are science enough are science oriented enough to understand the deep complexity of the technology behind these vaccines uh and we are placing our trust in uh in the responsible officials to recommend what to do but uh, there's a large number of cases about half the cases in this part of the country now are in people under 12. Um, I suspect that's likely the same in, in many parts of Canada and you know so this is the next stage to try to get this thing behind us and um, you know the other uh, approaches haven't had the impact on the pandemic that vaccines have, Mark. I think it's uh, it's clear now. Uh, the numbers don't lie on that, and uh, it is what is going to get us through it. And hopefully, this will all go very, uh, you know, rationally and in an orderly fashion for kids five to eleven. I think is where they're they're talking about now, or, uh, and they're working out the dosages and things like that. And this is really complicated stuff, and, and I think Health Canada is right in, in looking at it extremely closely. But I do think they're going to come out on the side of vaccines for the younger kids, and, uh, and we'll get at that and, and protect them too. Yeah. All right. Dan, great to have your insights on all of this today. Thank you. Okay, Mark. That's longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. I will tell the Americans that uh, we are their best trading partner. Also, they are our largest trading partner, and the integration of the supply chains are just so incredibly important. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Heather Schofield argues, for Canada's sake, let's hope Justin Trudeau can make Joe Biden think bigger. Schofield writes, there will be trade-offs when Justin Trudeau goes to Washington this week to meet with his Mexican and American counterparts. The United States will cling to its Buy America stance, but Trudeau can make a compelling case. Exclude us in the name of domestic resilience and we will all be worse off. Played right, we could have our cake and eat it too. In McLean's, Paul Wells argues, without power or focus, 
the Conservative Party has been left alone with the voices in its head. Wells writes, If Aaron O'Toole had won the election, he'd have cabinet jobs to hand out, a throne speech to write, and a new course in government to steer. It brings a sense of momentum and encourages people to set aside differences to meet the needs of the moment. But in the absence of that, a party is left alone with the voices in its head. I'm almost wondering whether Justin Trudeau's reluctance to convene Parliament isn't a stroke of tactical genius. Conservatives facing him know what they're fighting. Conservatives facing the void soon find it staring back at them. At iPolitics, Michael Corrin argues decency probably won't be sufficient for Aaron O'Toole to remain in power. Corrin writes, The social conservative element is the most and best organized. It seems inevitable that Aaron O'Toole will face a severe leadership challenge and that the party will move to the right in some form or other. Stephen Harper had the toughness of character and the loyalty of a hardened inner circle to keep difficult forces at bay. He was tolerated by social conservatives because he threw them the occasional crumb, and they were exhausted by former struggles. But they're back, stronger than ever, and their target is no Stephen Harper. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will head to Washington, D.C., where he will take part in a question-and-answer session before meeting with the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives and the House of Representatives Minority Leader. He will also attend the Canadian-American Business Council's 27th Annual State of the Relationship Gala. He'll be joined on this trip by Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland, International Trade Minister Mary Ng, and Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend the Nunavut Tungavik Incorporated AGM in Iqaluit. He will also speak with the Mayor of Montreal, and in Regina, Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau will speak about investments related to crops for prairie farmers. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, November 17th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.